This is Tony. And this is Andy. And this is Yen's Nat. Yeah, we're here for episode 11. Did you think we'd wow. get this far? Yes. Because Look at you, you optimist. Because we were supposed to do three seasons of Yen's Nat, so I'm thinking we're going to at least do three seasons. But is there really a season in, in this? Because, I mean, we do it every week, so it's not like... I mean, unless you consider spring, summer, fall... We could do that. I have no idea. And I'm not keeping to a calendar. You know, I'm not paying attention to find out which uh, solstice our podcast falls on because it's just one big, long, never-ending season until we get bored of it and stop doing it. Well, we could do horoscopes, though. <laughs> no. Yinzer horoscopes. Mm. It sounds delicious. Do it. But you have to do it in the Yinzer voice. In the Yinzer voice. Yes. Ah, All right. Let's see. Aquarius, Yins are going to meet somebody interesting this weekend. It's going to be crazy. Play the number six. Okay. Well, what about Aries? Aries, that's what I am. Aries? Aries, yes. have somebody taste your food because there's something wrong with it. <laughs> I don't think I have a problem because Mal wants to eat all the food I ever have. So, okay. Well, that's Yinzer astrology. Isn't that going to be fun? Yes. I can just hear the sounds of cats. No, that's your cats at your that's, door. Yeah, that's my cat. <laughs> it's, it's like, why are you not paying attention to me? You should pet me instead of standing in the fucking closet like you're doing right now. See, I don't have that problem. Mal's just passed out next to me. He's just happy I'm home, I guess. Although when I got home, he didn't greet me at the door or anything like he normally does. He was oh, upstairs sleeping. Hey, get off the keyboard. <laughs> And now you're watching porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. That was the wrong tab. Wrong tab. What? Cats just get in the way, but yeah. we love them. I would oh, say shit. we're cat people because like, I've never liked dogs. I was attacked when I was a kid, and that ruined it for me. I, my neighbors have dogs. They have three of them, uh, a Great Dane and a Bulldog and one of those little white dogs that are small, but they just bark nonstop. Mm. Um, I can't remember what it is, but it's rat dog. But yeah, rat dog. I, so I don't go out of my way to see dogs or anything like that. Like most dog people, it's like I only want to see your dog. I don't give a shit about you. But I, I love cats, and I want to pet all the cats. Cats are just—they're my kind of people. They don't give a fuck. They'll do what they want. They're fully self-reliant, and yes. it is nice to not have to rush around to. You know, take the dog out for a walk or keep the dog from barking. I just have to make sure that the cats don't jump up here on top of my keyboard and mess up my settings and stop the recordings or whatever happens. My family was always dog people. Uh, as far as I can remember, we had always had a dog. Hmm. And whether it was you know, dog sitting for neighbors or taking in a relative's dog, something like that. We had had those pups for the majority of like my growing up life until mm, the the last one I think was when I was just out of college. Cockapoo, I think it was called. A cocker spaniel. Cockapoo. Yeah, it was a cocker spaniel and poodle mix. And this dog lived basically forever. But as all dog stories do, this one passed. And my dad had grown super uh, accustomed to having this dog around. Mm-hmm. And I think from that point forward, after she passed, he was like, no more. He just like, he couldn't go through 
the pain of losing another pet like that, which is understandable. I mean, if you've lost pets before, it's not a fun time. And, no. you know, you have all of those times of the cat or dog being alive and it's fun to play with them and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they're great when they're there, but you have those moments of remembrance when they're gone or when they're dying and, you know, it sucks during that. And I think that one just hit my dad so hard. He was like, I, I can't do it anymore. So that was the last one. He had not had any pets after that. Uh, yeah. Holly was always a cat person growing up. And when she moved in with me, uh, the apartment that we were staying in was housing a stray colony. They were able to take care of all of their rodents and stuff that would have been just terrorizing the grounds of the apartment. And it was late in one of the seasons and one of the strays that they could not catch to spare had a litter. <clears throat> the uh, landlord knew that Holly loved cats, but they had you know, a pet fee where it's stupid outrageous to have a pet in an apartment. She decided that if we would take these two kittens in, she would waive the pet fee for us for mm -hmm. as long as we were there. So that was the big obstacle. You know, I wasn't going to pay you know, stupid amounts of money just for the privilege of having a pet in an apartment. But if they were taking that away, you know, the cat food, the cat litter, all that kind of stuff. And it made Holly absolutely ecstatic because she had her cats again. So from that point forward, I was a cat person. And now I've got three. Yeah. Because I remember you were not, you were not wanting pets at all for the longest time. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I'm, I'm such an incompetent fucking tool that... <laughs> Any organism relying on me for its well-being is probably in for a very bad time. And that was the way I looked at it. I was like, uh, fish, frogs, lizards, whatever, something bad is going to happen because I'm just that irresponsible. Yeah. Eventually, it did teach me some responsibility, and I handled it pretty well, I think. So, yeah, now I have cats screaming at me. Yeah, I wasn't really looking for a pet. I've always loved cats, but I, I never really was looking for a pet, but... I inherited Mal through uh, an ex-girlfriend, and he liked me better anyway. So <laughs> I I kept him, and he's been my best bud. He's def he's definitely gotten nicer, <laughs> which yeah. you know when I first met when I me and him first met he me and him were not friends at all. He he was a little dick, and I remember I was staying at my girlfriend's house at the time. And he was being such a dick, she put him in the closet because he just was not, I mean, I felt bad for him because it was a one bedroom, like efficiency. And it had like a, a bedroom, bathroom, kitchen. The bathroom was one room and then like a very small room, but the rest of the apartment was just one room. And he just had nothing to do. And, and she inherited him from the guy that she was subletting from. And he just was such an asshole. And when I remember when we moved into the, the bigger apartment in Highland Park, he changed completely. He had this entire three-bedroom house with a porch that he can go outside on. He was he just turned into a different cat. And I I'm glad that he changed because he was quite a dick. Uh, but he's there for me when I need him. He's and, mellowed in his old age. Yeah, he, he's mellowed. He's less attacky because he's been, he's attacked me once. He, he doesn't like some sounds 
and he freaks out. I remember I had a card, one of those musical cards. So you open it up and it has some, some singing or whatever. And the battery was dying in it. So as I was packing and getting stuff ready to move at that time, I was going through stuff and I saw it and I'm like, oh, and I opened it up and it was like, <laughs> and he freaked out. He came running into the room and, and looked at me and just, and then he just jumped up onto my leg and dug in with his claws and like, he just dragged down my leg and I, I have claw marks in my, in my leg still from where he did that. Uh, so like the the sounds he doesn't necessarily like because he there was one other time that it happened and it happened to a friend and I felt really bad. I don't know. I like certain things startled different people, animals, whatever. And and I don't know what something. Like, her phone did something and then he didn't like it and then he freaked out and he like bit her, scratched her, and and it was sad. But he's been mellow ever since. He's got such such a warm personality when you're close to him but he can be quite a dick at times He's, he has long claws and i try cutting them and i'm not good enough so i have to um every time we played D and we were actually physically getting together i'd have to have michelle cut his nails because she don't give a shit <laughs> she'll cut <laughs> she'll cut his nails and um i appreciate when she's able to do that because i i struggle doing that i don't have I don't have it in me to do those things. So that's Cat Corner. Yeah. Yeah. You asked for segments. Here are the segments. <laughs> so I was, um, <laughs> I started watching uh, the second Captain America, the Winter Soldier um, recently. And I mean, I always, I was a bit, I'm, I'm a Marvel fan. I was never really big into comics, but I, I did see some of them. And when the whole Marvel universe started in movies, I was excited and I really liked Iron Man. Iron Man 2 was okay. And I, it's funny because Iron Man was really good. The first Captain America, I didn't really care for. And like the first Thor, I thought was just okay. I liked the second one a lot better. And the third one was awesome. But anyway, I'm watching all these Marvel movies. And the second Captain America, the Winter Soldier movie, that one just really spoke to me and just the action, everything in that. When I thought of a superhero movie, that's kind of what I think of. You know, that's what I always envision. So, so watching these, so I watched the first or the second one, uh, Winter Soldier. Then I started watching Civil War, and again, it's so like the same feelings and everything. And so I was like, okay, realizing something while watching these, it's the Russo brothers did these movies. They did the Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. And Russo brothers, I mean, they're huge, you know, because they did all of these, but they did shows in other things that I really love. One being Community, which is, they were producers on the show. They were, um, they directed a bunch of episodes. I mean, they directed some of the ones, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, and, you know, um, just a lot of the ones I really that really spoke to me. So I, I don't know. I know you like Marvel as well, and we, we're both huge community fans. So do you have any thoughts on them? Oh, absolutely. I think they have an incredible grasp of pacing and how to release information 
while you're watching the screen in a way that keeps you invested in the characters. They know how to pair the visuals with what the themes are that are going through the writing and the performances. I think, honestly, they're pretty much masters of that kind of craft. And it's funny to see how many of those similar directors had some kind of a hand in one or multiple episodes of Community. And looking through the Community list of episodes, the Russo brothers were responsible for like 70% of the first three seasons. Yeah. It's nuts how many they had actually directed. And, you know, Justin Lin was in there with uh, the first paintball episode. He had gone on to direct some of the Fast and Furious movies. Like, Community is not a series that you think of when you think of action directors. No, not at all. It's a different format, or at least it feels that way. The thing is, they were able to bring that sort of action pacing to a sitcom show like that. And bringing all of that together, showing off the various scenes, having the A line, the B line, mixing everything together, and then displaying the visuals that matched the performance themes, they have some of, well, because they had done so many of those episodes, their handprints are all over some of my favorite episodes. And of course, like you said, going into the Marvel world, I am a big time Marvel fanboy. I was a prime candidate for that early 90s wave of ultra macho uh, comic books. And I have multiple tubs here full of comic books that are just packed with various comic books from that era. Seeing these characters come to life on the big screen for some of the better storylines that I enjoyed was spectacular. And just recently breaking, very topical. How about this? Uh, The Russo brothers just had an interview saying that they, uh, I don't recall if they are simply just interested in or they are actively working toward one of the better Marvel storylines with the Secret Wars. Well, from what I've I've read, I heard that they were only interested in doing any more Marvel movies if they could do the Secret Wars. Okay. So so if that's something that is going to happen, and I think that with how spider-man homecoming ended or no far from home damn movies with home in it <laughs> so um yeah when they did far from home at you know how they the the teaser at the end of the movie where it wasn't really nick fury in that it was you know the the scrolls so from what it seems they're going to be te- they were teasing that to like go towards all of that and i, I hope that they do because that would be really cool uh, I, I know a little bit about the storyline of that, but not enough to really weigh in on it. But, but that would be cool. Yeah, I'd love to see them come back into that. I wouldn't want to see like Endgame just being their swan song in the MCU. I would yeah. want to see them continue on as long as they're up for it, because I really enjoy the movies that they put out. They're yeah. able to capture incredible performances and have you know, breathtaking visuals at the same time. Mm-hmm. I know in Endgame, there was a lot of payoffs. And just just like with the, the hammer with Captain America, that mm-hmm. was cool. They're just little things like that. I, I just, they definitely did their homework. And I, I really, I, I don't know. I would, lo- like you said, I would love to see them come back and do some more because 
as much as I like some of the other Marvel movies, I think theirs are the standouts. Oh, absolutely. You can tell simply by what you were saying. They have a lot of those fan favorite moments in the middle of crazy action sequences because you can tell they love the material. They're not Mm -hmm. just in it to get this movie done. They are fans of the material. They have a specific vision as a fan and they have a capability to make that vision reality because of their prominence in Hollywood. Yeah. All of that put together means when they have a project that they are enthusiastic about like this or like Secret Wars, Mm -hmm. it can't not be spectacular. Yeah. So... The Russo brothers, like I said, had 70, 75% of the episodes through the first three seasons. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the gas leak season, where I think towards the middle of the third season is when they bowed out because they had other responsibilities being. Yeah, they they only did um, a geography of global conflict, advanced gay and documentary filmmaking redux. That's, That's all they did in season three. In season two, they did eight episodes, which, I mean, they did... Anthropology 101, Accounting for Lawyers, Cooperative Calligraphy. That was the, that was the um, Annie's Pen episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of my favorites. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Intermediate Documentary Filmmaking. Competitive Wine Tasting. A Fistful of Paintballs and For a Few Paintballs More. I mean, season one, they did five, six, seven, eight. They did eight episodes there, too. I mean, they did two episodes in season five. Geothermal Escapism, which is Troy's last episode, which I thought was fucking brilliant how they did that. And then Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which wasn't as good as the first one, but it it was still good. I liked that they brought them back after, you know, a season and a half of no work on community. You know, they're busy doing big time movie stuff. But yeah, the, the very first one back, the Geothermal Escapism as like a big, big episode in mm-hmm. the series because, you know, it is Troy leaving. That's, yeah. that's his last episode in the series. And they have to capture basically how Abed handles all of this stuff. So you get kind of that action style pacing, which that's what they're known for, as well as kind of that emotional gut punch that yeah. they managed to pull out in their movies even if those movies are just saturated with action tropes. Yeah. So. So there you go. There's our movie segment. There, we're segmenting. Segmatic. Segmatic? Yeah. It sounds like a, a late night infomercial. Like Slap Chop. <laughs> you need a segmatic. <laughs> it dices. It, it slices, slices. It dices. It julien fries. <laughs> it's the segmatic and you need one today. Twenty nine ninety nine. That's it. I was gonna go with like four, four, four easy installments of twenty nine ninety nine. Call today. A bunch of jargon at the bottom of the screen that's too small to read, <laughs> and and scrolls way too fast. Basically yes. saying anything you ever do with this, we are not liable. And if you happen to cut your hands off, tough shit. Yes, and that's random commercial segment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, another segment. There you go. Yeah, I, I, am, I am of two minds on this segmentizing. I, see, I can make up words too. On, on segmenting the podcast. We started to do so. Uh, so we've got the point, which was the first segment, which I think I enjoy and it works well. And then we had started on 
the Discover Weekly Playlist finds as a second segment. Well, we didn't really call it a segment, but we were going to bring it back as a regular thing. Problem yeah. is, like we had two successful weeks at that. But this week, my playlist was populated with dog shit. So <laughs> I, I don't have anything to talk about there. Either one, both Amazon and Spotify was a complete failure for me this week. So I just turned it off. I didn't even bother listening to music this week because I had gone through those playlists and it had sapped the will to listen to anything else. Huh, that's a shame. I, I didn't really find major gems on my list this week. The songs that I did like, I did note. The first one would be Pain by Bill Murray. And it's not like Bill Murray. It's B-I-L-M-U-R-I. So that one I didn't mind. Then there was Blind Ambition by The Dangerous Summer and In the Air by Delta Sleep. Those were the big... Oh, and um, Blue Angel by Pliny, Adam, Nolly, Get Good, which that was a good... That's a good song. I, re- that, I did like that. I didn't listen to any more of their music. I did listen to that song and I did like it. It's very instrumental. Music-wise, I'm still listening to a lot of the same stuff that I have been... That I, I, I found on Discover Weekly. Honestly, the one that I've been listening to the most, and I probably listen to the, the same album every day since January 1st, because that's when the album came out. And that's um, the band Royale. And the album is... Uh, fuck, what is it called? <laughs> that's actually I a pretty good, good album name. Fuck, what's it called? It's, oh, it's just called The Band Royale. It's just self-titled. But I cannot stop listening to that album. It is fucking perfection to me. I, there's not a song on there I don't like. The first three songs are the songs I've been listening to when I get in a mindset to go play disc golf because I've been using music to kind of get into a rhythm. And so whenever I go play, I listen to a couple different songs. Usually, like, it's all been them recently. And it, I just, I mean, I've been playing well, except for, like, the last two weeks. I only started to get out of my slump yesterday or a day or two ago. But I, I really, really enjoy them, and I can't get enough of them. Even their first album was okay. This, this new album is great, but they had a, little, a bunch of EPs since, since their first album and the new album. And I highly recommend those, too. There's a song, Dying in California. It's just fucking brilliant. So I would say that would be my pick of the week, but it would really be the pick of the year so far because I can't get enough of it. And we even got a new Pearl Jam album this year. <laughs> and I haven't mentioned that at all. And now, to be fair, I love Pearl Jam. I listen to them. Oh, and I'm playing music in the background. Sorry. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> I, I love Pearl Jam. I I don't really seek out to listen to them much because I've listened to them so much in my entire life. I love the music and I love seeing them live. And it's a different feeling when you go to the show and you you see all your friends and and everything. That's just magical. But I, I really don't listen to them when I'm just at home. Like every once in a while, I'd say maybe once a quarter, if that. And I've listened to the new album a couple of times and it's okay, but some of the music isn't as good as it was back in the day. But I mean, there's nothing on there that I hate. So I think kind of circling all back around to the segmenting of the the podcast. Sure. There are, there are things like this that 
we can talk about because we're fans. I can say I'm not very knowledgeable about this shit. I'll just talk about the very surface level stuff. Yeah. There are podcasts all over the place where they are speaking about one specific thing. The folks that are there are experts in something and they're going to share that knowledge with you and they're going to put segments in to share that kind of knowledge. The shit that I'm an expert in, nobody gives a shit about. I spend 40 hours a week doing the stuff that I'm really good at. I'm not going to spend my spare time talking about that shit because nobody cares. Nobody cares about that stuff. So I'm going to barely research stuff on the Russo brothers <laughs> and talk about surface level shit with them about how I like it. But okay, I'll do you one better. What do you do? <sighs> Fuck you for bringing that up. <laughs> <sighs> Make it sound really complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. You just have to have an eye for it. Uh, I do user experience for software. And while I really enjoy it and I like the job that I'm in, I, I don't like talking about it. Oh, I'm not saying you have to really talk about it. I just, I don't necessarily know what you do. Oh, and okay. I, I mean... Because I, I know that you're in user experience, but I don't know exactly what that means. So, so I get, so if I if you go to billandbob.com, okay, for an example, and this is the website, whatever you're working on. So, is it okay? I go in, and then if I click on links and do whatever, is are you creating the like the atmosphere of what the website is, or is or am I completely off? Because I never really knew. <laughs> You're, you're kind of on there. User experience is an umbrella term for a whole bunch of stuff. And it can be the research, it can be the design, it can be actually speaking with clients. In small shops, yeah, it's going to be, hey, the company has an idea to do something. And it can be a website. It can be an actual physical store. It can be an actual product itself. Mm -hmm. And as a user experience designer, I go and talk to the people who that product is targeted toward. So I say, all right, we want to give you this pro We want to give you this thing that will solve your problems. What are you looking to get out of this? I get a dozen different perspectives and a dozen different responses. And then I look through all of them to find out what are the biggest things we can do to make everybody happy instead of like the one-offs that will make one person happy, but nobody else cares about. So then I start putting together how they're going to walk through the website or how they're going to use the product and set up a design, come back to those same people and say, hey, look, I listened to what you talked about. This is what I've come up with. Does it make sense? And then back and forth there as I refine things. And eventually, yes, the entire experience from dropping in at amazon.com and typing in just what you want and it's showing up the first 10 results with the highest star rating at the top or the cheapest at the top, that's all an experience. Okay. And that all had people figuring out this is a productive way of walking people through the website so that we can make a sale. Okay. Now so, I yeah. think I might understand. Yeah. And this was The More You Know. Another fucking segment. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. So now that we're educated, I will pay more attention to user experience. Nah, it's kind of overrated. It is very much an IT thing. When a user experience is good, you don't really notice it. Yeah. 
when a user experience is bad, oh, you fucking know it. And you bitch up a storm because it sucks. Yeah, I, I mean, I've bitched up a, a lot about stupid shit. Go, like stupid websites you go to and then, okay, <laughs> getting into user experience. I play Animal Crossing and it's fun to an extent, but I really feel that as a user experience goes, the first couple times when you're like first playing and you go to sell something or whatever to at one of the the places the nook place and or you go to the the museum you just you have to go through all these stupid menus it's like okay hello blah 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 blah. what would you like to do and then there's like four options and then each option has a long dialogue that you're just like press 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 and what annoys me the most is when you're pressing pressing and you press too much and then it goes back to like the original menu so now you have to do it again and i fucking hate that and even with pokemon go because i play pokemon go and like why can't you could just do simple tasks and rather rather than like uh, I, I just i really wish that some of these games would let you like for pokemon i really wish when you could when you go to a raid if there's only two people that you're raiding with if everyone's there there should be an okay go in but you shouldn't have to wait two minutes for the timer to go down because it's stupid if we're all here and we don't care about waiting for anybody else let us freaking do this why can't why can't we do this why do we have to sit there for two minutes or whatever so that shit just bothers me i know i'm stupid uh is there any games that you get annoyed with the menu situation oh yeah yeah there are quite a few of them I'm playing No Man's Sky right now, again, for like three weeks straight. And the menu system on that or the responses on that can be very, very frustrating. Mm -hmm. It it really is that I don't, there's no reason to talk to NPCs out there except for like three different things. But you have to go through four different screens for each one and just mash, like you said, mash the A button until they get through their cycle and then mm-hmm. finally you get to do what you want to do where it should be kind of a one-stop shop. And if you did care about what an NPC pile of pixels had to say, then you could have your special button and you could pretend to talk to photons all you want. Otherwise, yes. just let me sell shit to you. I, I want imaginary money. Yeah, there, there are a number of different techniques with menus. Radial menus, uh, choice menus, ABC numeric menus, and each one has pros and cons and Mm -hmm. so many of them the cons start to overlap and it just becomes an exercise in frustration there isn't like a perfect menu system just yet yeah yeah i wish things were streamlined that you didn't have to go through 20 different menus to get where you really need to go there should be some sort of combination of something like buttons or whatever that you could just actually do something i i don't know it frustrates me that's why I have a backlog of games because I, well, because I'm a collector, that's part of it. <laughs> I, I should stop collecting because I, I see cheap game and it's hard for me not to say yes. <laughs> I will never play this game, but I will have it. There's, there is something about owning something that just, okay, I want this, you know? I don't know about you, but I, I have issues at times when I... I think about something, okay, like the new Xbox, okay, it's coming out. And when the original or when the, the la- latest generation came out, it's like I got it when it came out. And then it's just like, oh man. And then they upgraded with the Xbox S. 
even though I had the original Xbox One, it's like, I want that S. And I can't get it out of my head to where it just, it's like this, this driving force that's in my brain that's just saying, you need this, you need this, oh, you want this so bad. And it just won't stop. And then it becomes kind of like a drug. And I just, it's like, I need to have this. So it's like, what can I do to accomplish getting this? And then there you go. Then the next thing you know, I have it. And when there's stuff like that, that's like the games. Okay, like I go to Slick Deals to get a lot of the stuff that I purchase, not just fun stuff. I mean, I, I look at a lot of stuff that I need. Like I needed some tools for the work that I was doing on the house. So I was keeping track of things, and buying stuff you know, through there when stuff would go on sale. But when there's games on there and it's like, okay, it's only like $12 for this game. It's like $50. It's hard to fucking say no. And no, then I'm... it sits there and then I, I don't play it for a while. And sometimes never because that's like the collector part of it. Yeah, sits there on a shelf and stares at you. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm pretty much the opposite where I am super stingy like super stingy yeah and i will come up with reasons as to why i shouldn't buy the thing that i'm looking at instead of saying okay what what do i have to do in order to acquire this i make up reasons as to nah it's i'll never i'll never use it i'll never play it something else will come right along and this will be obsolete by the time i actually get around to doing it like video Uh game i will only ever play video games if they come to a steam summer winter sale and they're discounted to like $5 or they show up on Xbox game pass because I pay for that service. And there are hundreds of games that I'm able to play even ones that I most likely wouldn't have given a second glance if I had to actually pay real money for that title. Yeah. And that, that extends outside of technology too. Like for fuck's sake, this microphone, I sat and researched and waffled on buying this for three months, three fucking months where I was like, uh, I, I really shouldn't. There are other ones out there. Let me do some more research. Let me actually look at the Audio Technica stuff. Let me look at uh, Tech Zone. Let me look at some of these other ones and listen to reviews on YouTube when I wanted this one and I just didn't pull the trigger on it for months. So. And until I was really like, what the fuck am I waiting for? This is stupid shit or get off the pot. And it's my birthday. So I'm buying it for myself. That was like, yeah. that was my cascading thought process of, uh, no, there's always a reason not to buy it. And then finally, when I get rid of all those other excuses as to not buy it, then I will actually consider shelling out money for something. See, yeah, we're opposite. You're like, I don't, why, why I shouldn't buy this? And I, you're, you're the angel and I'm the devil on the shoulder <laughs> being like, cause I'm like, this is the reason why you need this because it will bring you joy. It will do this for you. It will, and it, it's very convincing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is very con- convincing. That's been, that's always been my problem though. I mean, especially Honestly, it probably stems back when we started getting into magic. Oh, yeah. Because when we started getting into playing Magic the Gathering, I just got a job. I was working at this place and I was on a paint line. So I would hang metal parts on a line to be painted. And um, 
it, it was a grueling draw, job because it was eight hours of standing there picking up metal, you know, fresh metal pieces. And, and the heat in this place was so bad. And I would work my ass off and then get this paycheck. And the paycheck at the time was good because, like, I mean, it was better than minimum wage and whatever. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it wasn't bad. And, and then it's like, okay, I don't have anything to fucking to spend money on. I still live at home. I, you know, I, so what did I do? I was like, okay, well, we're getting in the magic. So I got paid. So I'm going to go and buy, I'm going to go buy two boxes of Ice Age. Why am I doing this? Because this is what I do now. It's like, I want this. I want to get all the cards. I want to be the best at this. And then, then I'm spending all my money on it. On spending all my money on cardboard cards. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, some of those are worth quite a bit of cash now. Yeah. Well, you still got a bunch of those, don't you? Oh, you got yeah. all your, you know, if you want to buy your second home, you know, you could cash in some of those cards because some of those cards, I mean, I mean, especially like the Dole Lands and whatever, they're worth a boatload of cash now. Oh yeah. Yeah. The dual lands that I have, the doppelgangers that I have, my favorites, even though they're not that expensive, the icy, the old school beta icy manipulator with the good. I had arts. that. Yeah. I had that. I have that. I have a couple of doppelgangers. I have a couple of dual lands. I don't have any more of the big 10. So those ones like the, the mocks or the Lotus, they're all gone. They, they were basically uh, buy and flips. And I only did that for a small handful of the ones that I saw. Like Time Twister yeah. was one big one that I saw was able to flip for a decent profit and then buy other stuff with it. But yeah, I, I still have some of them. The problem is all of the bulk garbage ones that I have, like the commons and uncommons, mm-hmm. sure, if you add them all up, they come out to be a fair amount. But nobody's going to buy them. Like nobody yeah. wants 400 uh dryads no like you can't sell them i could i think there are services where i could box them all up and send them off to some company that will then house them in like a warehouse and they'll dole them out four or five at a time to whoever wants them but you get pennies on what they're worth because they're doing all the work and you don't hear from them for months at a time because I can pack all this stuff up, I can send it and I have to send it fucking freight because all of this shit together is like a couple hundred pounds worth of fucking cardboard. Yeah. Sending this stuff off to a company where they're going to have a bunch of nerds going through and rating all of these things, which the vast majority of them are mint or near mint because we threw them all into card condoms as soon as we got them and played them. Yeah, we did. So even though some of them are worth quite a bit, the effort involved in selling them is prohibitive enough that they may as well have been thrown in a fire during an Iron Man magic tournament. Or if anyone is interested in buying magic cards off of Tony, please <laughs> yeah, email, reach out. email HerrickLovesYourMom at gmail.com. Reach out because I will be happy to part with some of these. So there you go. And that is Collecting Corner with Tony. More segments. This segment is when I drink water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, this is the break segment. Enjoy. Mm. This is where you have the popcorn and the soft drink and the french fries walk across the screen 
let's go back to the movies. You know? Right. Yeah, this, this is the intermission of the podcast. It's the intermission segment. All right. And now we're back. That was a quick intermission. We don't want to waste everyone's time, so. And I'd, I'd cut it out anyway. <laughs> Granted, the end of one of the episodes previously where I said, wait for it, and then just let you guys hang for like a minute and a half was really fucking hysterical to me. Emmy. But we probably shouldn't do it in live podcast. Yeah, we, we shouldn't do that every time. Yeah, we'll, we'll make it a special thing. So we were lucky enough to have the, one of the first penguins inner scrimmages between each other. And there's supposed to be another one today. I think it already happened. So that's good news for hockey fans out there. So we are that much closer to getting a season or, or a playoffs or whatever you want to call it, because it's going to be screwed up to begin with. Cause it's just, it's not going to be the same, but it's hockey. And Hey, if there's a chance that we can win the cup, great. And if we lose in the first round, we still have what, like a 12% chance to get the, the top pick. For... It's like, it's like 8% to be able to get the number one pick and take Lafreniere. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, I would be upset if we lost in the first round to the Canadians because, I mean, come on. It's, Carey Price isn't what he used to be. And I don't know. I just I think that we, we should be. Knock on wood, we should beat them. But also, like, if we were able to get somebody that could add to the future of our window, you know, I mean, he could be the Yager of of this generation because when Crosby and Malkin and Latang and everyone you know retires we'll have Yager here and then we'll be low on cash so we'll have to liquidate everybody and he'll go to the capitals so <laughs> right yeah history will repeat itself i i'm with you i am just thrilled to have the potential for watching hockey games again i've missed it a lot i think i think that it was a comfort in the evenings to watch hockey and just know that that was what I was going to do from, you know, seven o'clock in the evening until about midnight, watching yeah. all of the games from East Coast to West Coast. As they ended, I would just switch over to another one. And it was comforting to have that blanket to, to wrap myself in. And of course, over the last couple of months, all of those blankets have been taken away. So it's a little tough to, to cope aside from making your own coping mechanisms having this come back is that little bit of bright light on the horizon as mangled as it may be because mm -hmm. it's not really a good solid hockey season or a playoff season because we've been through this before hockey playoffs are a different beast than the actual regular season and you can't expect people to come off the bench after four months of not playing at that level and come back into hockey playoff um, positions mm -hmm. anyway i'm thrilled for it to be back i'm hoping that it lasts longer than say a week before half of the people get sick with covid i would love to see the penguins just steamroll through everybody as i think anybody in pittsburgh would love to see so that we raise another stanley cup asterisk or not Yes. I would also still really like to give the finger to every other fucking hockey fan if the Penguins do tank and take that first overall pick and get another generational talent, like yeah. you said, to extend that window 
because it's already people are bitching about Crosby coming here because that was the new format of the lottery. And mm-hmm. oh, Batman fixed it to save Pittsburgh and blah, 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 sore loser, wine, wine, whatever. To have it happen again, I would laugh all the fucking way to the bank because that would be hysterical. I personally would love to have that guy on our team. But at the same time, I don't like losing. So right. it would be really hard for me to sit there and watch us lose three games in a row to the Canadians. But we can talk more about hockey another time because we might have something brewing for that. Stay there might, tuned. There might be a segment for it. Mm, there might be a segment. Segmatic. Segmatic. Only four payments of twenty nine ninety nine. Act now. So that's, uh, that's our episode 11. That's our segment episode. Hope you enjoyed it. We may do some of these segments next time. We may not. We'll think about it. We'll compartmentalize and segmentalize. Only four payments of $29.99. And Tony will think of ways not to do this. And I will think of ways to do this. And that's it. And we'll compromise. <laughs> and maybe we'll compromise. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I just wanted to say thanks everyone for still sticking with us at this point. And hopefully you'll stick around for next episode.